What's up, guys? This is Josh with Shepherd's Cast, and I want to welcome you to the podcast where I talk to you about the things that I find important. My content is meant to inform, educate, puzzle, or be funny. If it does something other than what I've just said, then solely Deo Gloria. We will just call it Providence. All of what I say is read from blog posts that I have written and can be found on my website with the link in the show notes. So anyway, yeah, here we go. This will be part two of the head coverings topic that I was covering last week. Um, I encourage you to go back and check out the paper that I wrote on that. You can find that on my blog or you can just listen to the podcast that was done last week. Uh, This week we will be doing an interview. And today's interview is going to be with someone super special. Um, Special in the sense that uh, we're married and this is my wife. So um, wife, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Well... First of all, wife is my first name. My second is Jesse. I'm obviously married to Josh here. We have two um, wonderful kids. Uh, We have a son who's eight and a daughter who's five. And I homeschool them. So Homeschool? Tell us about that. Oh, heavens. (laughs) Uh, This is actually my first year. We're concluding it now. Uh, our testing, I think, was going to be in just like two weeks. I don't know. I homeschool so I can just decide when I do that. It's really not much of a deadline there. Um, but uh, it's been challenging. Um, mostly a learning experience. Um, the freedom to educate them um, is fantastic. And though... It has been a learning process. It's been more rewarding than anything um, in the beginning of the school year. Um, Our son was struggling with reading because he has dyslexia, dysgraphia, and ADHD. Um, And I do, too. (laughs) Um, So who better to teach him than someone struggling with the same thing? Um, uh, But since we've been working with him at home, he's... um, on target with his reading level, which for him is a pretty big deal. And then our daughter um, had a less than desirable experience with pre-K. And so we had to actually spend the first semester um, powering through pre-K. (laughs) PK. And then um, the second semester we, um, we did kindergarten. And I think the only reason we were able to actually do two, I guess you would say, grades um, in one year was because they were the foundational grades. And because um, they're very similar in um, what they learn in those classes is really, I mean, honestly, from pre-K to like fourth, fifth grade, they learn the same thing every year. They just add a little more detail each time. Um, um, But... I mean, she's doing fantastic. They're both, I mean, so smart. And that's not just because they're mine. Okay, enough about homeschool. So so you'd say this was probably the best time to start whenever they're kind of just beginning school? Oh, definitely. Um, uh, For sure. I think that if I was starting, like, in the middle of, like, 
Um, oh gosh, if they were in middle school, I don't know if I could have done it. <laughs> not to discourage anyone who's wondering whether or not they should, because honestly, by then, I know I've met up, I've, I guess, accumulated in a community of uh, other moms who homeschool, um, thanks to social media. And um, some of them have kids that are in, you know, middle school. Some of them are off to college. And I'm hearing a lot of the pros and the cons there. Um, and one of those pros is that once they get to a certain age, they really just teach themselves. I mean, there's very little that you would need to guide them on. As a matter of fact, a lot of times you're learning along with them. Um, the only downfall I've seen is one parent telling me that she never thought to teach her child how to take notes. Because in homeschool, you work at their own pace, and, you know, you don't need to take notes, because it's all there in your home with you. So, I get that, uh, and I know now that I should probably teach them how to take notes. Mm. Um, and I actually taught a class in our co-op, um, teaching the kids how to take sermon notes. <laughs> um, but, yeah. This is totally what we plan to talk about. Okay, so you are a homeschool mom. Um, you have a business. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about like your church background? Maybe kind of like where you started as far as church goes, and then where you where you are now, maybe. Oh Lord, where I started. That's that's just oh heavens. There's so many different churches that I started with. Um, my parents really weren't devoted Christians. Uh, I coined a term called, you know, Jesus in the back pocket sort of thing. Um, I don't think they would deny that. Uh, so we would visit a church for a while until they asked for the offering and then we wouldn't go back. So, um, we went to, uh, we went to Christ's covenant for a while um, and yeah, I was there when Stephen Verdick was interning. Um, awesome. <laughs> you know, he's God almighty. Uh, right. Okay. Um, I wasn't aware. Um, but we didn't go there. I mean, it was like an off and on sort of thing. It was like when they felt like going to church, that's where we would go. Um, now the church itself was pretty good. I mean, I guess, um, but, and I mean, I wasn't like friends with him or anything, so we'll just move on past that. Um, you weren't friends with Stephen Furtick? No, but we do share a birthday. Yeah. Um, which, okay. So there's a story one day after the, after church, cause he was in like praise team and all that stuff. Well, the pastor came on and the, and whenever he came up, he was like, okay, well, everybody let's wish, uh, Stephen a happy birthday. Cause it was his birthday. And obviously it was mine because, you know, we share a birthday. So I was like really excited for some reason, you know, cause the guy that was on the stage singing the really cool song was, had the same birthday as me and it was our birthday. So after the service, I went up to him to tell him it was also my birthday but I was quickly disappointed because he was like oh yeah cool cool and then he just like walked away from me <laughs> so so not only is he God Almighty but he's so cold he's the coldest uh, it wasn't it wasn't a 
fuzzy sort of moment. No. Um, but, I mean, I recovered. <laughs> so how did you go from there to Reformed Theology? Oh, Lord, that's, that's just one of them. Um, when I was in high school, I made a friend. And she was a Christian. And she... Well, I didn't have friends. So it was weird that she even talked to me. I thought she was, like, making fun of me. I was I was waiting for the punchline. Um, but she wasn't. She was actually really nice. And she invited me to her birthday party. And then later to her camp. Um, and my dad let me go, which was cool. Uh, but it was a Christian camp. And at the camp... Um, well, her church was Pentecostal, and I didn't know what that meant. Um, but the camp was like a non-denominational sort of camp, I guess. Um, so Baptist? I guess. <laughs> um, again, I was like, I didn't know really anything about, you know, Christianity. I was just... Well, anyways, um, when we were there, they were talking about... They shared the gospel, <clears throat> And they were talking about God and how he loves us. And um, that was a foreign notion for me. So um, that was I was really excited because, you know, I was used to the fire and brimstone sort of God like my grandmother. You know, if you're bad, the devil's going to reach up out the ground and he's going to yank you into hell. Um, so it was really refreshing to me so um you know they were singing and I got up and I walked up on the stage and I was crying and having this moment and I thought I'm getting saved yeah <laughs> it was a uh, I'm not going much more detail than that you know the details I'm not gonna go. it's great don't worry about <laughs> it just know that it's great oh well so anyways I started going to church with them um and it went really well for a little while um, but my parents didn't go to church, so they would pick me up. And, you know, that gets old after a while. I mean, driving out of their way to come over to pick me up and take me to their church, which actually wasn't very close. Um, and eventually a friend of mine, well, another friend that I had in school, I announced to the class at the beginning of the school year, they said, tell something about yourself. I said, my name is Jessie, and I'm a Christian, and I was stoked about it. So... She invited me to come to her church. I invited her to mine first. But I told her it was Pentecostal church. And she was like, why don't you come to my church? I didn't know what was wrong with that. I just was like, okay, cool. And I went to her church. Um, and it was really cool. Everyone was really nice. And no one was speaking in tongues. So that was cool. Um, just so you know, no one is currently speaking in tongues anywhere. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Um... Hey, and the people at that church were really nice, you know. They were welcoming. Um, but, yeah. Um, anyways, so, went to that church for a while, and that's where I met uh, my best friend. Um, and, I mean, that was, like, it. Well, um, made a few mistakes. I was a teenager. Um, made a big old promise to God, and then I broke it, <laughs> and thought, oh, I'm not forgiven, and God won't love me, and I've done messed up, much like a lot of people do. Um, we all do that, do something that we think, well, that's it, I can't come back from that. Anyway, so, I walked away completely, 
And um, then I started dating you. And I remember telling you, I was like, I believe in God, but I'm mad at him. I know it's absurd. <laughs> Even you thought at the time, it was like, okay. Um, but I started going with you to church and, uh, we eventually got married and then, um, I put on my really pretty Christian mask and wore it proudly for many years to follow. Um, yeah. And, um, now I'm a Pentecostal. I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, um, um, I think at this point is where we both kind of collided. Um, you know, we were both going through a lot. Uh, the world was getting crazy. Um, went down a few rabbit holes. That was fun. Yeah, we were queuing on for a while. Okay, I wouldn't say we were so much as we just... We got like deep enough until we were like lizard people, and I was like, okay, maybe we should, maybe we should look somewhere else for our facts. Still not convinced that the head of Facebook's not a lizard man, but okay, that's fine. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, thank God. <laughs> so, anyways, um, that was when you and I both decided, you know, if we're gonna look for the truth, we need to look, well, where it is, which was the Bible. And we started looking into all of the questions we had, which are the questions a lot of people have. And then we ended up, by accident, starting a small group where people would come in and ask really tough questions, and we'd study them together. And that's how I think you got your passion for studying theology. And I remember, like, <clears throat> I was uh, listening to Paul Washer. Uh, I love Paul Washer. Um, people pick on me because I, I quote him a lot, but he's quotable, y'all. Um, but he was doing a sermon series on the five doctrines of grace, but he did it in a subtle way. Like, he didn't say tulip or Calvinism or any of that stuff. He was just, you know, was discussing the, the, the main points. And I thought, you know, this is interesting. This sounds, you know, this is not what I've I've heard before, um, but this makes more sense than what I've been told my entire life. Uh, and then you came to me and you said, because I think you were met, you were posting memes and, um, Calvinists were commenting on your memes and you were like, who are these people? And you're like, uh, you told me, he's like, have you ever heard of Tulip? And I'm like, obviously no. Um, even though apparently I'd had, I had, but it wasn't, you know, referred to as Tulip. And, um, you started talking to me about it, and then I remembered that I had, I had like, not long ago, it was like a couple of days ago, had listened to that sermon, and it clicked with me, and I was like, you know, it was just like this aha moment. Um, you know, as we continued studying the scripture, I mean, honestly, it's right there. If you're reading your Bible... Um, and you don't come to a reformed conclusion, um, you turn it up, right side up. <laughs> so, so would you say that Armenians don't don't read their Bible, and if they do, they don't read it right? Okay, you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you do that. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so yeah, I'm reformed, uh, proudly reformed, um, and 
honestly, it's been a relief. Um, especially knowing that it is not up to me, thank God, because I have screwed up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so taking this from your point of becoming reformed, can you tell us a little bit about how you, uh, how would you connect that with now covering your hair? Um, that's a good question. Um, so, um, whenever I get ready for church in the mornings, I would spend a lot of time getting ready. Um, more time, as a matter of fact, I would wake up and spend a couple of hours on my appearance. And I realized one day that I was spending more time getting ready for church in the morning than I was actually spending at church. And I don't mean putting on makeup and doing your hair is bad because I, I still wear makeup. I still do my hair. Um, I still dress nice. Um, however, our appearance should reflect God's glory, not our own. And that is not what I was doing. I would wear really long fake lashes to church, y'all. Date night, it's fine, but I was wearing these to church. My dresses were revealing to my bust. And um, I would put on so much makeup. I mean, it was the thick eyeliner and contouring my face. And, I mean... Just dark shadow. I, I, I look like I was about to go out to the club. Honestly. Um, I would sit and curl my hair. And it'd take me forever to pick out my outfit. I mean, you remember those days. You wouldn't even talk to me until I was dressed. Because it was, it was a dark time. Yeah, it would take you like two hours to get ready. You'd be up way before anyone else. And then I'd wake up 15 minutes till. Showing where my heart was at as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, but honestly, when I walked into the building, I was thinking about what everyone thought of me. Um, my mind was not on Christ. Well, when I, when I became reformed, my thought process changed. And I remember sitting there in front of the mirror, getting ready and thinking, this isn't right. There are more important things for me to be doing right now. So I decided I was going to pray. And at the time I was doing my Bible in a year study. Um, and it just happened to be within the scripture. Oh, heavens. Off the top of my head, I can't remember it. 1 Corinthians 11. And that's my husband, y'all. Uh, yes, it was 1 Corinthians 11 that uh, I was listening to while getting ready for church. Because that's what I would do. I'd have my little Bible study playing while I was getting ready for church. And it was literally the study I was doing that day. So I was like, okay, Lord, is are you telling me I should cover my hair? So I started to pray. Um, that Sunday, actually, I wore a headband, like a thick headband, because I had no coverings whatsoever. Um, um, yeah, so I wore that. And... Um, I continued to pray about it. And then, that Wednesday, I remember because it was a, it was obviously the day after Tuesday, but Tuesday is the day that I would go out with your grandmother. Um, and Wednesday was when we would do Renewing Your Mind together. 
Um, we were listening to R.C. Sprawl. Um, and it was on um, covering your hair. It was on womanhood. But he specifically spoke in this um, part of the series on covering your hair. And so I took that as God telling me to do so. So I started to cover my hair. I uh, started to research it more because I wanted to know the what the Bible had to say about it. Uh, aside from what <laughs> R.C. told me and <laughs> my Bible study. But I just really wanted to understand it better. Um, but that's when I started. And the reasons weren't biblical. But... Um, the reasons were so that I would reflect God's glory and not my own. And that's really the goal, I guess, of corporate worship, is to make sure that God is glorified and not just us. Oh, absolutely. So since starting covering your hair, would you say that you're nervous about really any pushback from others of your practice of head covering? Like, have you heard anything from anyone, maybe at church, or has anyone said anything like that? Actually, I don't think that anyone noticed um, when I decided to start covering my hair, I also decided that I wouldn't tell anyone, um, except for one other person that I felt that I could confide in besides, of course, you, which is, uh, a friend of mine. And, um, honestly, I don't think anybody noticed, but I did see a change in people's behavior around me. Um, and again, I also changed, I changed my appearance, uh, in the sense that I would dress more modestly. Um, and I toned down my makeup um, to something more graceful. But women didn't have a problem with their husbands talking to me. Um, men in ministry felt more comfortable talking to me. Whether they noticed or not, whether it was something deliberate or not, um, it was a very clear change in other people's attitude toward me um, as opposed to when I would dress to glorify myself, which makes sense because usually if we're dressing to make people look at us, men are going to look at you in a lustful way um, and women will look at you with either jealousy, envy, or anger because you are in a in the house of worship tempting their husbands. So would you say that this has been one of the few advantages of covering your hair? Oh, absolutely. Um, I haven't received a lot of pushback. Um, I confided in another friend of mine that didn't go to church with us. Um, I, she doesn't cover her hair, um, which I don't believe all women will be convicted to cover their hair. Um, and I, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm still, you know, learning, obviously. We're human beings. Um, but uh, I think that the basis of, you know, any pushback I got from her was just knowing the heart behind it was what was important. And I can see that, and that makes sense to me. Because, um, I mean, if you're going to do something, you need to know why you're doing it. Right, and I would say that she was being a good friend in that and just making sure that the heart was true. You know, you're worshiping from a heart of, uh, you know, spirit and truth rather than just, oh, I think I'm supposed to do this, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. Yes. 
would you say that there are any real disadvantages to having to cover your hair? Um, yeah, my head is shaped weird. So um, sometimes I spend more time than I would like to just trying to pin it in to my hair. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm crafty and creative because I have ADHD. And I fashioned uh, my own design for a head covering, which in involves a wire headband. And I actually made it where it's interchangeable, so you can put different ones on it. It's really cool. It, to explain it, it sounds absurd, and I'd hate to see what you would imagine what it looked like. But um, I've managed to come up with a design concept um, to um, make it easier. But at first, that was really the biggest issue. And finding hairstyles, um, finding head coverings. Um, um, to anyone who is thinking of covering their hair, uh, I believe it's Garlands of Grace. Fantastic website. I did not get their permission to say their name, though. I can link that in the show notes. Awesome. Um, I believe that all of them are handmade, and they're beautiful. Um, but they're also expensive, so I had to come up with my own. <laughs> um, but honestly, that would really be one of the only disadvantages that I've found. Okay, so if you had the opportunity, I guess, to talk directly to someone who believes they should cover their hair but are nervous in doing so, what, um, or is there anything that you would like to tell them in order to persuade them to be obedient to their conscience? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that I would say is um, we're not trying to impress anyone but God. <laughs> not that the, anything is works-based, but um, all that we do is to glorify God. And if other people have a negative opinion, you can simply share with them the scripture that backs it up. And if they can't accept that, then let that be their problem. Um, as a matter of fact, um, I shared with um, someone that I had uh, decided to cover my hair. I know that I said I didn't share with anybody. At first, I didn't share with anyone. Um, and then after I decided, you know, this is definitely what I want to do, um, I... Um, went on to share with others but anyways I've uh, I've noticed that the last couple of times I've seen them they are wearing some form of covering in their hair and whether or not it is related is beyond me but I'm going to keep an eye on that see if it continues to happen and if it does I'd like to approach it but I also kind of want to tiptoe and not scare you know you don't want to scare the little bird away <laughs> That's awesome, though, that you're kind of influencing people to be obedient to their convictions. Um, I hope so. Um, I hope that, honestly, anything that I do that glorifies God can impact someone. Um, but um, I guess when it comes down to it, always turn to the Scriptures. Anytime you're doubting, turn to the Scriptures. And even after reading it and... You feel that you can't rely on your own understanding, which we can't, um, you know, turn to some, you know, uh, reputable teachers and see what they have to say about it. On that, um, 
I know that sometimes you're a little self-conscious as far as these things goes. So does it make you feel any better that some uh, of the more celebrated pastors in history, um, they exegeted from the text that the need for women to cover their hair as a sign of headship, like uh, Charles Spurgeon, Martin Lloyd-Jones, and even the the late, great R.C. Sproul? Um, oh, it definitely makes me feel um, definitely affirmed in that, especially because I've grown to love these uh these pastors and theologians um before knowing that they encouraged um head covering and um it really just kind of affirmed it for me because i you know i trust their teaching and i trust their wisdom absolutely um i guess i've only really got one more question for you and it is uh so as your husband what are some things that i can do as your spiritual head and encouraging you in this endeavor? Um, really just helping me along in learning my role. Um, uh, something that I struggle with is being a biblical wife and being obedient as a woman of God. Uh, but honestly, helping me in my studies, helping me understand what I'm reading, uh, that's been the biggest help and I would just say continue in that um because you know we're one flesh and uh, when we work together and we have these discussions and things that helps to clarify for me um that you know I'm headed in the right direction or you know even if we disagree um just seeing where you're at seeing where I'm at and getting down to the scripture and coming to either, you know, an agreement uh, as to, you know, who's right or wrong, or coming to an understanding that it's an open-handed concept and, you know, I can have one opinion, you can have another. Uh, I think that's been a tremendous gift in our marriage. Awesome. Awesome. So um, thank you for taking the time to to answer some of these questions for me. Um, I'd say no problem, but... I'm tremendously nervous. <laughs> well, you have nothing to be nervous about. You did great. Thank you. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. It's always a pleasure to bring the Word of God to those who are seeking to know more about Him. Um, as you may have noticed, this one does not have a blog post that comes out with it. Uh, the blog post came out with part one, and as this is part two, I'm not going to take the time to write out a script for the person I'm interviewing. I feel like that might be just a little rude and set up. So anyway, um, the final word of the day comes to us from my other half of who you were just able to meet. You say, what comes out of your mouth must be kept. I hear it. Which mouth do you mean? The one from which the farts come? You can keep that to yourself. A quote by Martin Luther. A special thanks to Jesus Wannabes for allowing me to use their newest track, Ephesians 6, in my intro and outro music. You can find a link to their Spotify in the show notes. And, as always, do everything that you do to the glory of God, forever and ever. Amen. Stand from the truth sustains us. His righteousness avails us. Wage war with faith in Jesus who keeps us from falling over.